Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the Open Guardcast is brought to you by Electrum Performance, number one strength and conditioning uh, program in all of jujitsu, led by Alex Sterner and the great guys down there. I'm joined by Danny O'Donnell and only Danny O'Donnell today. My name is Jake Watson. We do not have a guest, but this last weekend had so much to talk about that, man, the guest was jujitsu this last weekend. We are able to talk about that guest. So, Danny, why don't you go break down a little bit? First of all, Danny, hi. What's up, Jake? Sorry. <laughs> Jake, Jake's <laughs> totally the guest, too, this episode. He's got up a lot until of stuff that point. Up, so we're going to talk up about until... Jake's, Jake's career, too. <laughs> Well, for sure. Up until that point that I was talking and blabbering, I was like, man, they Danny could not even be here. I could totally paint the picture that Danny was. <laughs> just pretend I'm there and just talk the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> just listening to this episode. <laughs> I'm working on my Danny O'Donnell impression. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely I – like, I like little episodes like this as well because I think it's important that um, – you know, we talk about all the stuff that's been going on because it seems like jujitsu is kind of getting a little like ray of sunshine, especially from fight to right now. We had some yeah, awesome yeah. a, a double header over this yep. last weekend. Yep. That's pretty cool. So it seems like they're doing all their events for now in Texas just because their governor kind of opened the state up and loosened some of the some of the regulations. So I believe they were both in Dallas um, and the next few fight to wins, I think, are in Dallas as well. And then, you know, maybe in three weeks they're doing one in Austin. Does that sound right? I think so. I think that's uh, their next location. I can look while we're talking. But um, there's a uh, man. There's a lot of like the states that are opening up right now. I know the UFC. Even the UFC has been talking about taking uh, to Arizona an event if if Las Vegas were to shut it down. Yeah, the last one was in Florida because I know they did something similar to Texas. But um, Arizona's kind of on on that same path. It seems like too. Like I know a lot of our restaurants opened last week. On Friday, um, May 13th, today's the 17th that we're recording on, but I assume by the next time we record a podcast, even more businesses will be open, and um, yeah, so should, I think we're taking steps in the right direction. Me too, yeah. What'd you think about uh, Seth dad bod with the, with the mask in the interview? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. That, that was, was pretty, pretty funny. Awesome. Yeah, he said he was hot. I, I watched the interview, and then people were commenting, like, ripping him for having his shirt off. You look like a mad I was character. unloading the equipment. <laughs> That's true, man. And, you know, I've actually I've stayed after with the Fight to Win guys and helped them reload the equipment after the show. And, yeah, it's a lot of work. It, they do a lot of work to, uh, to get that show together. It's literally, like, it's all in, like, two trucks. It's Q and all the guys, you know, like Sean and, and, uh, and Ed and all the guys in the Fight to Win crew, who are all fantastic people, by the way, and Evan. Um, and, dude, they just, like, bang it out. They get Taco Bell and just bang out the whole thing. <laughs> Like there's so many monster energy drinks. I swear before I fought Hudson, I had like, I had a bang energy in the afternoon and I had a monster energy right before I went oh out there. Oh my God, dude. Your it heart was, was awesome. probably like 150 beats per minute for dude, 12 it was hours sick. straight. I felt like team no sleep. I felt like I was a part of the crew. Like uh, team you're totally correct. Drink that much. I didn't sleep until 4am. So, <laughs> so you're totally right. But you're right about the, um, Fight to win 141 through 143 is going to be in Dallas, Texas. Fight to win 144 and 145 are going to be in Austin, Texas. And those are uh, May 23rd, 29th, 30th, 5th, and 6th. Yeah, it's like That's two awesome. events every weekend, which is sick. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. And, you know, like, they're kind of doing the same amount of fights that they would do in one show, just splitting it up into two days. Yeah. I think they were saying that they're going to have around 15 fights per event. So. Hmm. 
and I think a lot of that has to do with the the venue that they're having it at. Like, I'm sure all the venues are like this, but they can't have ma- maximum occupancy, so they have to only let a certain percentage of people of their maximum occupancy into the arena. So if they make it a full event, it's just like everyone needs to bring, you know, like a corner man or whatever, and it just like makes it really difficult. Mm-hmm. And having like a a quiet audience is a little weird for Fight to Win. Yeah, it's super right? weird. Like, like Fight to Win is known for being like this gigantic party, the biggest party in grappling, and now it's like a get together. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a small get together. Yeah, it's a small, the small kickback of grappling. And all the uh, the judges were wearing their masks, so that was kind of interesting too. Yeah, he was like a. There was a long sleeve shirt with spats and jeans, and and a a mask with gloves. I was like, man, this is they're definitely taking it seriously. And I think even if like. Even if, um, let's say an organization like like it's per- it's probably perfectly safe, especially since they're already sweating on each other. Like you don't need to wear a mask probably or gloves because they're already doing the gross thing that you're trying to protect yourself from. But it shows that they're keeping ahead of it, and it shows that they're sensitive to everybody who um, who is uh, being wary of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I feel like they're since they're one of the first organizations that's really doing events. Since since we've been quarantined, it makes sense to be a little more conservative at the start because it's only going to – as they keep doing events, we're going to learn more and more about the virus and you know we're going to just get more numbers and they're just going to be able to make better decisions and slowly remove some of those restrictions. Yeah, for sure. And uh, with these last two events last weekend, I know that you were, you were pretty excited to – yeah. Uh, to talk to me about about just how we how we saw I saw the uh, Kishino versus AJ fight that was obviously for those of you who saw the fight an absolute clinic like Kishino oh, just yeah. is able to rattle off submissions so fluidly it's just his omoplatas were just like he was just transitioning like rolling with AJ as he was trying to get out it was really sick mm-hmm. did you, you did you see him jump for the flying triangle too I was just about to say that. the, the tap dance <laughs> it's like stomping triangle. his feet <laughs> yeah, yeah he like he like triangle. He like did a little jig and then triangled it. That was so. Uh, it was like, it was fun. It was like for for seeing somebody like AJ who usually uses that kind of warfare, like to be from behind and then have somebody do that. Uh, to have somebody like kind of dance a little bit and then flying triangle. That's got to be a huge momentum killer. Yeah. Like it's got to put you in such like a man. Like I'm really behind. That's yeah. how I saw it. Like Kashina looks sure. like he was so far ahead. And especially every time he would get the omoplata, like every move that AJ made to try and get out, Kishino would have a counter ready for him. He would just roll with him or he'd like try and hook the far leg. He tried to do that uh, that choke um, where you underhook the far arm a couple times. But he just had an answer for all of AJ's escapes. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. And man, that one arm bar that AJ got caught in that looked oh, like – Oh, yeah. Super tight. I don't even know how he gets out of that stuff. Like was that so was funny. like grabbing yeah. the wrist, traditional arm bar. The arm is extended. How does somebody get out of that? Like that's just uh, willpower. He willed his way out of it. Yeah, I don't think he's doing anything. It did, at least from my perspective, it didn't look like he did some crazy escape. It looked like he was just like, take my fucking arm and break it. <laughs> he's like, whatever, dude. Try your yeah. hardest. That was. Um, it was definitely hard to watch at that point. I know we had some some other great events too. I know that the uh, the real one of the things was Roberto versus Gabriel Almeida. Yeah, that was the um, co-main event of yesterday's event on the 16th. That's a good. That's a good matchup. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, a lot of people didn't see this fight between them, but in their second their second time going against each other, I was there. I was in the bracket. Gabrielle uh, went against Roberto in the uh, losers bracket. 
of uh, the Abu Dhabi Grand Slam 2018 in September of 2018 as brown belts. And this is my first time ever going against Gabrielle. I went against the winner, and it was Gabrielle. And Roberto, uh, previously in the winner's bracket, had went against Ronaldo Jr. and was just put uh, under a lot of pace that I guess he probably just wasn't used to, and he got he actually got gassed out by Ronaldo. And then Gabrielle, it seemed like he just had the advantage in the tight passing and was really able to stifle Roberto's movement. At the start of the match, Gabrielle sat and threw a lasso and put Roberto in an omoplata for almost half the match. And this is Abu Dhabi rules, so it was like five... Uh, like a six, seven minute match for like four minutes. Roberto's in this, in this omoplata. And then Gabriel just towards the end of the fight passes and gets an arm bar. Uh, and then oh, Gabriel submitted him that Gabriel submitted him back. Wow. Then, yes. That's incredible. And I knew going into this, this event, I was like, okay, it's going to be kind of interesting because I know they both remember that match. It's not like it was long ago. Like it was only two years ago. I think Gabriel is a very, very patient Grappler, I think that uh, as far as like a fight to win rule set goes, Roberto's super effective for this rule set. Like the kid just goes, you know what I mean? He just he just mm -hmm. goes for submissions all the time. He's always attacking, and that's what the judges want to see. Even if it's not a clear, concrete submission, it's attacking, it's aggression. And Gabriel is more known for being like, okay, I'm pick pick his spots, patient. What he does is more like everything is precise. Everything is if he's gonna do something. He's not going to have to give up a lot to go for it because he's already set himself up safely for it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've noticed that like in his fights before this one, but I think he made I think he made an adjustment for this rule set because he pulled guard first and he went straight for a triangle. Mm -hmm. um, Roberto had to defend right away, so he was he was kind of attacking like that almost the whole match. Um, they were going back and forth, but they both had a good amount of submission attacks. Mm -hmm. So I feel like he he probably made a a, a very smart adjustment. For this match especially since the rule set's a little bit different than what he's used to yeah a lot of people were really upset with the uh with the decision saying oh, they thought roberto won or they thought that maybe roberto or yeah roberto got robbed but um i think it's it, very important to note that gabrielle made the first impression and didn't fall far behind in the rest of the fight like yeah roberto had attacks and everything but gabrielle made the first impression strong and then kept up he kept on, yeah. like, every time Roberto would throw something, Gabriel would still be attempting to go for something as well. And, like, it's just, man, that's what Fight Twin wants. They want a good, hard fight. They want the person who is trying to finish the fight. Gabri I think in, in Fight Twin, it's almost like it's just as important to make a good first impression as it is to make the good, lasting impression. Oh, absolutely. And I, I only watched it once, so I can't say for sure that I thought Roberto was robbed or anything. I thought it was really close. I didn't really feel like choosing either person was the wrong decision. So yeah. And people get mad at the fight to win refs, man, but those guys do a pretty good job. I, uh, I've i been on the receiving end of bad decisions before, but like I never really felt like it was so glaringly bad that I would smite fight to win or something like that. It was just, yeah. hey, man, they're doing their best. And uh, I think at the end of the day, like, I mean, look at look at really close fights like that could happen at IBJJF. And there's, I mean, do you remember Keenan versus Patrick Gaudio where the whole world, like the whole jujitsu world flipped upside down for a week because yeah. Keenan didn't get points for the back or something and he had both hooks <laughs> in? You're like, dude, what? <laughs> what happened there? So that'd be, people make mistakes. And uh, I, I mean, I really like the fight, dude. Fight to win. I've been saying this for a while and I'm glad. Hopefully some people see it now. Fight to win, I think, is the number one super fight show in the world. And like I, I will fight on all super fight shows. I love super fight shows so much, but I really do think Fight to Win just does it different. Fight to Win's unique in that uh, they really just like they're there for the they want to 
put on jujitsu. They love jujitsu. They love the people who do jujitsu. They just want to give you guys jujitsu. You know what I mean? Like, look at this. But six shows in three weeks. Yeah, no <laughs> other organization can come close to that. There's no way. <laughs> and you say what you want about like the guys, like they're grimy. You know what I mean? Like Team No Sleep. <laughs> Team No Sleep has got some rock stars on their roster for sure. But I mean, dude. You, they go to Hawaii and they do whatever they can for the jiu-jitsu community, upping their quality all the time. And uh, I think it's really cool. And I think it's something that, like, we see the emergence of all these new super fight shows like Third Coast Grappling and Jits King and, and, uh, and, and what is it? Uh, Subspectrum is another really, really good one. Uh, Substars was there for a little bit. And, like, you see all these ones. I think it's just really cool that I feel like Fight to Win is the most constant out of every one of them. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I think Kasai is another one that's pretty cool. That's been oh, pretty yes. consistent. Um, it was cool listening to Malachi talk about Spider. They obviously yes. don't do nearly as many events, but yeah, I mean, Fight to Win has like that niche. Like they're doing super fights and they're doing them really consistently, and they're doing them all over the country. So it's almost like they're kind of like the IBJJF of super fights. They kind of have that that hold on on the jiu jitsu market, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But. Yeah. Well, I think it's cool. Like, okay, so you mentioned Spider and you mentioned Kasai. Because uh, I really want to grapple on. I really, really want to. Yeah, those on events look awesome. And I've wanted to go on Third Coast for a while as well. I really like. Mm-hmm. The, I really like Third Coast. Like looking at it. Um, what I think what's cool about Fight Twin, what, what made me feel cool about Fight Twin was, man, you get paid as you walk off the stage. Like, yeah, literally, nuts. you walk off the stage, you go, and you get paid. And like, regardless of how much you get paid, dude, there's no, there's no like discrepancy at all. Seth will tell you, this is how much you're going to get paid. It's like, whether it's more or less than you want, doesn't matter. You know what I mean? I don't care if you're Gordon Ryan. Like, if you're saying, I want to fight for fight to win, or Seth says, I want you to fight, and you agree to fight, you're going to get paid exactly how much you were told you were going to get paid. And uh, I think that that's really, really important, because you see some of the shows, and not to name names, but some shows, like, they fall apart because they can't, uh, they can't pay their athletes, or... Yeah. There's a di- like uh, a shady area of miscommunication. Like there's no miscommunication with Seth. He doesn't care if he has to curse at you. It's like it's gonna be exactly what what you think it's gonna be. And if there and if there's any miscommunication, he'll let you know. You know. Yeah, and I think a lot of times guys even get paid more than what they're told because they might get a bonus. Or I've even seen guys just have really good fights and he would just give them more money as they walked off the stage. Yeah, he's like, like yeah, I liked how fight. you fought. Yeah. So so yeah. that's awesome. I mean, yeah, and, and I, I don't a, think a lot of other promotions can do that. Neither do I. I mean, what what's really another thing as well? And I'm like, I, I love Fight Twin. I like the I am I'm emotionally invested in Fight Twin because um, they have like provided me with opportunities that pretty much changed my competitive career yeah. and a lot of t- a lot of opportunities for me to have some media and for me to have some exposure. Um, and you know, after I lost to, uh, Liera and I, I go over that story on the show a lot too, because it's a big point of my career to, to lose that fight in Hawaii. Seth called me and he, he told me, he's like, Hey dude, you need to brush it off. You got to fight even more in two weeks. Like Seth didn't have to do that, but Seth and, and company know that they've known me since I was 17 and they've seen me grow into black belt. They were there when I submitted, uh, you know, uh, I think it was J.R. Red Fox in, in seven seconds at, uh, at the first uh, fight to win in Arizona. Yeah, that Nogi was, match, right? Oh, that was the second fight to win. Yeah, it was a Nogi match. Yeah. And I held that record for so long, dude. And then an orange belt kid broke it, dude. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You have no idea. I never wanted to Go hunt a kid him. down before. But I wanted to find him and challenge him. If he's out there, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming yeah. for the record. 
and we're going to have a match. I wonder, I wonder how many seconds it was. Did they tell you? Like four. Oh, my God. He shaved three seconds off my record. And you know, <laughs> dude, I honestly think I could have got it quicker. But if you look at the video, if you just go back and look up Jake Watson versus J.R. Red Fox, I, uh, I tripped <laughs> in the match. So I went for an under leg setup to go to ankle lock, and I tripped, actually. And I, I fell for a second. And it, it was like a second and a half. And then maybe if I had lifted a little more weights, that'd have been another half a second because then I could have been stronger and arched the footlock faster. Also, I didn't run; I shuffled into the center <laughs> of the mat. So that's another half. So I think I could have beat the kid's record. Um, also, I think they started the time before the match actually started. I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I got off on that. We tangent. need a video review. Me. This is the stuff one. that keeps me up at night. I understand. <laughs> I understand that's that about it. me. <laughs> Did you see the other uh, fight to win event too? The one that Cyborg headlined? Yes, uh, f- uh, it was the main event was Cyborg versus um, Vinicius Trator, who has been doing awesome in Nogi, man. Like that, uh, Vinicius. Yeah. Uh, I remember he also was at the last fight to win that was in Arizona. I think he had. A, I don't remember who he fought, but I remember he uh, he did Pan Ams. He beat Keon Cornelius in the super heavyweight division. Yeah, Nogi one Pans. Nogi Pans gold. Mm-hmm. ADCC second place. So man, the guy and the guy had such a smart game plan at ADCC, I think he really stuck out. And I think even his performance, just based off how he played his game, uh, had him stick out a little bit. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. And then he, he kind of used that momentum from ADCC, and he won Nogi Worlds. Yeah. So, oh I mean, to gosh, win Nogi yeah. Pants, Nogi Worlds, and second at ADCC, that's pretty incredible, especially that with is, the guys that he fought. That is incredible. That is... <laughs> that's a good run, to say the least, for yeah. sure. And he fought uh, the legendary... Uh, and you know what's so what's so cool is I say legendary. I didn't actually like at the start of my my black or my brown belt. I would say I didn't know too much about Cyborg just because I had come from an MMA background. I already knew about uh, Chris Cyborg and then the MMA Cyborg as well. And then this is Jiu-Jitsu Cyborg, and I was like, who's Jiu-Jitsu Cyborg? Man, what a big human being! First oh, of all, oh yeah, dude. He, I've actually trained at his academy before. Really? Um, yeah, and he was the nicest guy of all time. Like I walked in, it was a Sunday, and he was filming like techniques for his website, and he like was just treating me like he'd known me for years. Oh, he's like, yeah, make yourself at home. Like he was just, but yeah, he's huge in person. Like standing yeah. next to him and <laughs> just being around him, he's like twice as wide as I am tall. It's pretty yeah, crazy. Yeah, watching the fight between him and Lucas Barbosa at Kasai, you forget how big he is. Um, but man, he like makes Lucas Barbosa look tiny. Yeah, it's crazy. And I'm like, dude, this so is a thick. gigantic human being. Yeah, and he moves so well for his size, too. Yeah, he's a giant. Super flexible. He's fast. It's nuts. And he's very, very, uh, he's very good at putting pressure forward and like moving around while still putting pressure forward. That's what I noticed about his guard passing. I try to like look at it a little bit after that Kasai performance that he had where he won. I was like, man, what is, what is he doing to put this much pressure? And I just saw it and I was like, oh my gosh. It was kind of what he did against Trator, too, in that match. He was just putting pressure forward. I think Trator pulled guard. He didn't really want to want to wrestle or exchange takedowns with Cyborg, and it was pretty much just Trator defending Cyborg's passes the whole match. And then the uh, the coming event of that one was the also Nogi World Champion Johnny Tama going against future guest Ethan Krenlinson, who I uh, remember at the ADC. It was an ADCC trials or was it ADCC? He, yeah, that he the, broke that guy's arm. Oh, that was the trials. That was the West Coast okay, trials. That was hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it was – oh, my God. He had this guy in a commo- – well, I think he started in a triangle, mm-hmm. and the guy was just refusing to tap. So he took the arm that was trapped and, and went for a Kimura, 
and the guy just his arm snapped literally like a chicken bone. It was and kind it of was, disgusting. Yeah, it was like it was really <laughs> loud. Is the thing yeah, was, that, like if you look at it and your sound is off, you can kind of watch it. You can be like, oof, man. But when you hear it, you're like, oh man, that made it so much more real for oh me. That made God. it relatable. Oh, <laughs> I can't even. I don't even want to like. In my head, I'm listening to it right now and I'm cringing. Oh, me too, man. But yeah, that was super tough. I think Ethan gave up some weight. Um, the match was at 170, and I think he weighed in under 160. He's not like a super big guy or anything. Oh, really? Um, yeah, but he's he's done under 170 brackets before. Like he beat Jonatas Gracie at that. I think it was the BJJ Fanatics um, event that they did. He uh, he beat really? him. I think it was in yeah. It was it might have been in EBI rules. Okay. I believe that's what it was, and they went to overtime, and then he won the overtime. Because I remember Cody Steele also beat Jonatas. So was that a double elimination bracket? I'm not sure to be honest. I was just I looking remember, at his PGA Heroes page and his record, and nice. I, I just noticed that he had that win. That's really cool because that beat yeah. Jason tournament was pretty was pretty weird. But I remember Cody Steele also had beaten Jonah Test that weekend. Interesting. That yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the rules were, but anyway, my point in bringing that up is that he's fought bigger guys and done well before. So I, I don't think he felt uncomfortable taking the match with Johnny, um, and he fought really really well. It was pretty cool. It was pretty back and forth. Um, Johnny ended up getting the decision, but they were both exchanging sweeps and going for attacks. I really like Ethan's guard passing. He's he's doing a lot of side-to-side passes, too, a lot of leg drags. Um, they both attacked heel hooks, too. It was cool to see Johnny working his heel hook attacks. That's you don't yeah, see that he's, often. He's more of a fundamental, like, IBJF-esque competitor. Yeah. But he's really aggressive. Like, oh, Johnny's yeah, pretty crazy. He, uh, he actually, like, he was up. On points in the final of the Nogi Worlds, could have just oh, chilled yeah, out, but he's nuts. still trying. And you're like, dude, like, wait, very cool, but you gave me a heart attack. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, like, like if my if I had a student who did that, I would freak out. I'd be like, never do that again. Like never <laughs> ever do that again to me. Yeah. No, that that was an awesome match too. I think it was Igor Rodriguez, maybe it was who we fought in Nogi Worlds final. Um, it was a lightweight so. division, but yeah, that was a super super good match. And the lightweight division at Nogi Worlds is even lighter. Yeah, it's, one it's 168 with the gi. That's 162, yeah. Because I know in no gi, medium heavy is 188 uh, in no gi, which isn't hard to make for me right now, but I'm hoping by next December it will be too hard to make. Uh, I really am sick of being this light. Natalia Chantre is going to help me uh, help become you a big, up. thick boy. Oh, yeah, I can't <laughs> wait. I'm gonna make this bird on my arm. I'm just gonna turn from it's gonna turn from a chicken into like a eagle. An eagle, a hawk. Yeah, it's gonna t- oh a hawk. I like it. I like <laughs> it. But uh, th- that pretty much I think wraps up the fight to win that uh, happened this weekend. I know that we actually have another one in a week, right? We have a yes. little more. So who's think... gonna be headlining that show? Do we even know yet? I think Lovato's that one. Let's is see. Is that Lovato? I am going to check right. Arnaldo Maidana. That is going to be the fight to win 141 main event on May 23rd in Dallas. Oh, wow. Oh, okay, cool. So that that's going to be only um, that weekend. There's not going to be one May 24th because then they're going to do uh, Dallas again, a doubleheader, May 29th and 30th. So they're only going to do the 23rd and then they're going to do 29th and 30th. Okay, so that's next Saturday then. They're not going to do a Friday night event. No, yeah, they're going to do it in a in a week. So sorry if you mentioned this already, but you said Lovato's the headliner versus Maidana. Do you know who's the co-main event? Not yet. I don't believe. I I have to look. I mean, 
they haven't posted anything about it just yet, it seems. Uh, I think it's cool that it's Lovato versus Maidana. That's certainly a uh, clash of generations. Oh, you, nah, know what well, the you know what the co-main event is? Edwin Najmi and Ben Henderson. Oh, you're totally right. I literally yeah. just scrolled up to the poster when you said that. It is Edwin Najmi versus Ben Henderson. Yeah. In a gi match, though. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. But uh, I don't know good. if you remember one time at the one of the fight twins in Scottsdale, Ben fought AJ in the gi. Do you remember that? Yeah, and he won. Yeah, yeah. That was I, a crazy uh, match. <laughs> he was wearing his wedding ring during the match, and AJ uh, kept getting pissed, saying that when he collar tied him, he was hitting him with his ring. <laughs> oh, my God. Man, you know, I... um. What I want on a card soon: thirty-three and zero blue belt ultra heavyweight. Thirty-three and zero. My <laughs> goodness, that's a lot of fight to wins, dude. Um, I think this is a pretty interesting card, just from the main event, co-main event. I think it's a, a sick poster. Um, man, Lovato has had such a colorful career. Oh like, yeah. Unfortunate He's... lows, but his highs have been high. <laughs> yeah. He is one of my favorite competitors. Like he's. He's done everything. Obviously, he was like one of the first. Was he the third American Gi Black Belt World, cha- world Champion? Was it second or third? Second or third. I don't know. BJ Penn was before him. He might have been the first. BJ he might have been the, the second. First. He was top three, I'm pretty sure. He but, was indeed top three because Mikey was the fourth. Okay. So and he stayed. Jamil was the fifth. Okay. So, yeah. I'm not sure about two and three, which order it is, but... Anyway, I mean, he stayed at that level, like, after he won his first world title in the Gi, he would stayed at that same level, like, beating all the best guys for, like, 10 years before he got into MMA. Oh, yeah. Well, look at him now. Like, I think he, he didn't even Josh start Hanger. MMA until he was in his 30s. Yeah, he beat Josh Hanger in a Nogi match. And what's so funny is, like, Lovato's not that old, right? I think he's in his early thir- early 30s. Yeah, I think he's mid-30s, 35, 36, something But he like wears that. rash guards like he's old. <laughs> like he wears like the spats with the long shorts and like the yeah. rash guard and i'm like he like wears like the old the old style stuff old so man, it looks no i wouldn't say old man no gear like the vintage like it looks like yeah i'm saying vintage i shouldn't say vintage. <laughs> i should say it just looks like the old style you know what i mean like people nowadays wear like high-waisted shorts and like like tight rash guards with short sleeves and stuff and they all look like action figures i'm excited to see edwin uh versus ben too yeah, because be Ben awesome. is such an athlete, and we just saw him versus your coach Marcio Andre, and him get out of some absolutely insane stuff. I think he's uh, as close to impossible to submit as AJ is, probably, because I have not seen AJ ever tap to anything ever, and I've never seen Ben tap to anything ever except for Anthony Pettis in the UFC. Yeah, yeah, Which is even crazier because you would think like like it'd be easier to get caught in something in jujitsu, right, than in MMA. Yeah, and it was an armbar too. Which you would think uh, it was the beginning of the fight, so it was probably hard to slip out of it. But mm-hmm. um, I- I'm guessing that's why, just because it was so early in the fight, there was still like a lot of friction for him to pull his arm in. I should rescind that statement. I think it it, it differs. I should, yeah, I definitely shouldn't say it's easier or harder, because um, the, the situation was just different. But uh, yeah, man, another really cool card. I wonder who else is going to fight on it because they did have some other good good fights on the. Uh, on the other shows, I know that they're giving local talent still a really good opportunity to compete, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, I really hope I can get on a card here soon. I am in talks. A little. I'm not even gonna. Not even details yet. I'm not even. I'm not even gonna give you guys nothing. It's gonna be a surprise. But I'm in. <laughs> I'm in talks to potentially be either a headline 
or a co-main event for a future show. But I'm not even gonna say for fight to win. Actually, gonna happen. Oh yeah, for fight to win. The the long-awaited moment for me to headline a show might one day happen. I'm not gonna say whether or not it is or isn't. You you haven't headlined a show before. No, I was co-main event and I lost. Oh, so that wasn't interesting. Cool. It's only cool when I win, dude. <laughs> it's only a good week. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I, I was a co-main event of a. I think it was Fight Twin ninety three. I want to say versus Roberto. Oh yeah, that, that was, was, that was, was when he hurt my foot. And the main event of that was who was the main event of that show? I want. I wonder. I think it was JT and Ben. Maybe. Or was, was that when JT fought? No, I think I fought Hunter Colvin when JT fought Ben. I don't remember who the main event of that one was. Ben Henderson has been a main event of a lot of fight to wins. I know that. Yeah, the main events have always been really good. Well, I know Marcio fought Mateus Gabriel in one of the main events. Might have been that one. It may have been that one. Or it was Cachino versus Josh Rodriguez. Oh, yeah, that could have been it, too. Was that the main event that time? Yes. It might have been. It was a main event. I don't remember if it was that same one that you fought on against Mm -hmm. Roberto, but I'm surprised. You haven't been a main event before. You're going to be soon. Uh, one, well, you never know. I'm. It's, it's we're in talks. We're not. We're not. It's a surprise. It's, it's, <laughs> we're in talks, Danny. Come on. I can see it happening. I can see it happening. That's all I'm too. saying. And uh, <laughs> man, I'm. I'm excited to just be able to do jujitsu again, dude. I was going crazy. Yeah, that was. Watching. That was one of the things I wanted to talk about today too. Is you have a lot of stuff coming up yourself, um, with like other super fight events. So do you want to talk yeah. about like which ones you have coming up, and, and then we can kind of get into the details of each of them. Yeah. Uh. They said I wasn't crazy. They said I wouldn't compete four weekends in a row straight out of quarantine. And I said, <laughs> yeah, I am. So uh looks like I have May 30th, Fight Twin. Uh, June 6th, Third Coast Grappling. June, whatever weekend after that, 13th, I guess, uh, would be Jits King in Florida. And then there's a possibility, I haven't been confirmed yet, but there's a, poss- a strong possibility I compete in Submission Underground $10,000 cash prize tournament in June 21st or 20th. Um, against Chael Sonnen. No, actually. <laughs> not against Chael Sonnen. But the winner of the tournament gets to fight Craig Jones in a super fight. So oh, my God. That is awesome. Cool. That would be yeah. really cool. Some really great talent signed up for that one, too. I think uh, Adam Bradley's probably going to be in it. So he'll probably get the, the Adam Bradley super fight that he's wanted for so long. The long-awaited uh, rematch. The long-awaited <laughs> rematch uh, that he only he wanted. I didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I was cool. I was like, you know what, man? You are considerably too into this rematch. Uh, I am... <laughs> Let's, you want to get some food or something, some coffee? Like, <laughs> yeah. come on, bro. Let's just hang out. I don't. Want Let's to just play. hang out because he's cool. I love him, and he's he's he just like pressures me because he knows that like he knows that we're gonna do it one day anyway, and no matter what I say, it's gonna happen. So like, and that's how I treat everybody who calls me out. I'm like, dude, we're gonna fight anyway. Why are you gonna talk? Uh, yeah. But Adam is really cool because Adam's my friend, so he knows that I like. We're, I'm always gonna joke with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but we're probably gonna have. Watch, we're gonna go first round that day. <laughs> that that that's, that's gonna be your fight to win match. You versus him, main event. Oh wow, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> that would not be fun. That would be if it was Nogi. I feel like he's um he's like so well rounded. Uh, anyway, before I talk too much about my future uh, inevitable super fight with Adam Bradley, <laughs> I uh, I know that the difference is so Jits King. I think each one of these has their own rule set. 
So Third Coast is like IBJJF rules, except there's like weird overtime stuff. That's mm-hmm. like almost kind of like EBI. I can't really here. I'm gonna talk about it real quick. Actually, let's let's go to the Third Coast website uh, and go over these rules because I was unaware that they were slightly different. So they're IBJJF rules. Um, let me just wait until this page rolls up. So obviously, fighters who miss weight lose 50% of their prize money and everything like that, which is all important. But first what's, fighter. To what's either, the weight class for this uh, event? Oh, it'll be under 180 pounds. Okay. So all matches are seven minutes unless otherwise negotiated. So I guess they're going to be seven minutes. First fighter to either score 11 points or earn a submission wins. So there's a mercy rule. Uh, advantages are not used for scoring points. To prevent stalling, a yellow card will be issued to either one or both competitors. A second yellow card means they're required to stand up and restart. A third one results in a red card requiring the competitor to forfeit 20% of their prize money. So no stalling. In the event that there is not a winner after regulation time, overtime rules take effect. This is what is kind of weird. Overtime is sudden death. The first competitor to score points or submit their opponent within five minutes wins. Overtime is decided by whomever is up on points at the end of regulation. Whoever is ahead will choose top or bottom full guard or start on the feet. So, first fighter to either score 11 points. So, if you don't score 11 points or – okay. So it's so it's weird, but okay. Uh, yeah, especially with that bracket. Like, I don't know if we talked about. Did we mention the names who's in that bracket yet? Oh yeah, let's so mention it. It's you. It's Hebamar. It's Lucas Valente, Roberto Jimenez, uh, William Tackett, Jamie Canuto, and Gustavo Batista. Did I did I get everyone? Yeah, Gustavo, Roberto, me, Pedro Mourinho, William Tackett, Hebamar, Jamie Canuto, Lucas Valente. The idea of any of those guys scoring 11 points on each other. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna like, go it can happen, time. but with a with a short time frame and um, just how good all those guys are, like that's that's probably gonna be pretty tough. Yeah, so it's gonna go to overtime every time. If no <laughs> points are scored, the referee will decide who was aggressor and award them the opportunity to pick or defer to the other competitor. If no submission or points are scored in five minutes, referees will render a decision based on aggression, going for the finish, and legitimate submission attempts, fighting to win, not to lose. For Nogi, he hooks are permitted, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. My thoughts in this rule set, obviously I'm very grateful to be competing. I think it's um, a little weird. Yeah. I, I've watched a couple of their events. I don't understand, and maybe it's just my ignorance and not uh, – a weird thing about the rules but i don't understand the picking the position part like i remember a, a few guys like deferred and then someone like the guy who they deferred to chose a better position and it was just really weird i didn't yeah. get it i think that it should just be uh no overtime <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think overtime is the dumbest thing because like i think that ebi okay there's nothing dumber than ebi rules right <laughs> Like, I think EBI rules are super dumb. Like, I, and that's just, I mean, I'll probably get blasted for that one of these days. I will say that until I'm proven, until I'm given a legitimate reason proven otherwise. I think um, when you introduce something like overtime, you, and you, and you don't make it like, okay, let's say third coast rules were, if it's tied, there's overtime. Okay, now you're giving incentive for the whole fight to not want to go to overtime. But in EBI, there's no points. So, you can just do nothing the whole fight, and if you're better at EBI, EBI overtime rules, you'll you have a good shot of winning after not really deserving to go to overtime. For instance, there was a fight that Ronaldo had versus a, an awesome competitor from Tenth Planet, but Ronaldo just Ronaldoed him the whole fight, 
and he lost because he went to EBA overtime. And I was like, dude, this is so sad. Like, <laughs> and I the feel guy for him. started on his back and just the choked guy started him. on his back and choked him. And I was like, bro, like it's, you don't have that's not you wouldn't have got to that position, and you were just awarded something you didn't earn. And that's why I don't like EBI. But uh, third coast, I mean, he's changed the rules like three times also. So for for this event, I no. No, for not for this events. event in particular. I think he's changed the rules before for for Third Coast just because in response to people like not knowing what the hell was going on in the show. <laughs> he's like, oh, you guys don't get it? Well, here's some new rules. Do you get these? He's <laughs> like, okay, okay, let me work, work with you, work with me. But I really like uh, – I love the event. It's got a great production value. Ryan McGuire is obviously doing a great job. He wants to do a lot for the community. Um, so I'm running with it, and I'm down to compete in any rule set. Um, though I do think it is a flawed rule set. I think that, uh, <laughs> IBJJF rules and then like, man, you, we're not going to destroy each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I shouldn't have said, made such a strong statement that no one's going to score 11 points. Like, yeah, it's obviously possible. You could score 11 points on any of those guys. They could all score 11 points on each other, whatever. But it's just unlikely when everyone's that high level. Oh, for sure. I don't. I hope I don't get beat by eleven points in this <laughs> tournament, man. <laughs> It'd be horrible. It'd be like that. Yeah, be like, I mean, oh, man, to get your guard pass mounted, getting your back taken, like. Yeah, you'd have to really get destroyed in a seven-minute match, too. Like, I think in a ten-minute match, if I got eleven points scored on me, it would be a huge momentum shift. You know what I mean? Like, I would have to get like some flip thought to be. Yeah. And then the Jits King rules. I don't really know much about the Jits King rules either. I'm gonna look at these real quick. But there's just a um, there's a lot of different rule sets nowadays for uh, so the uh, qualifying rounds are six minutes for Jits King, three minutes referee decision if there's a draw with no advantage. Okay, finals are six minutes, and then I guess the slash is overtime. Three minutes referee decision if there's a draw with no advantage. If there is a draw with no advantages, there will be a maximum of two golden score overtime rounds. If there is still a draw after two overtime rounds, the match will be decided by the referee. The golden score round is two minutes long and decided when either contestant scores a submission, a point, or an advantage. Hold on. There's there's a small text. There's a the uh, fine print. The fine print. Asterisk. Asterisk. On the qualifying Asterisk. rounds, six minutes. The first three minutes are without points. The points are starting after the first three minutes until the end of the fight. Is this kind of like like modified 80, 80 cc rules? On the finals, eight minutes, the first four minutes are without positive points, but negative points start from the beginning of the fight until the end. Positive points are starting after the first four minutes until the end of the fight. Uh, you're not allowed to crucifix. You're Wait, what? Crucifix? What? Really? I think they don't. I think they mean a different thing. They probably mean a different technique. <laughs> yeah. It's I was not like, really I the most that, dangerous I like, submission. I was about to say, that's a position. Uh, yeah. No slamming. Uh, no striking. Damn it. I'm just kidding. No <laughs> eye gouging or fish hooking. No grabbing the ears, hair pulling, finger, toe holds. Uh, I, I think they mean just single toes. Thumbing, scratching, pinching, kicking, biting, touching the groin. Again, <laughs> dumb rule. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No hands, knees, or elbows in the face. No slippery substances allowed. No George St. Pierre. Um, <laughs> you are no use of t-shirt and no holding the shorts. You're allowed to do any kind of choke except for using the hand to close the windpipe. Any arm bar, shoulder lock, wrist lock, any leg lock or ankle lock. Cool. Okay, so these are the points. Passing the guards, three. Neon bellies, two. Mount is four. Okay, this 
it's pretty much uh, reversals are considered sweeps. Oh, interesting. But does that mean if I go from mount to close guard, I get I get points? I guess I'll have to ask these questions. Yeah, or um, side control to side control. Yeah, I guess so. A competitor can pull guard only if he or she makes and keeps contact with their opponent. So this is all pretty much standard from what I'm seeing. I have a question like, for you. Is it so you're doing all these events back to back and they all have different rule sets? When you're training for these, like, are you is part of your training like going over what rule set and like making up a strategy specific to each rule set before you go into each tournament? No, my, my game plan is more like if there's heel hooks or not. Because if there's not heel hooks, I play jujitsu just kind of like all right. The same same way. You I don't need to do. watch for knee reaping. But if like knee reaping, in my opinion, is so huge and it changes the game so much, it's such a pivotal weapon uh, that it completely changes how you need to approach the guard. It completely changes how you need to approach some people's leg entanglement. Um, and like look at like okay, so in this gi, right? I might fight Roberto three times in three weeks. Let's say let's say I get like that bracket draw. I would have to, you know, probably fight him the same way three times. But let's say I fought William Tackett three times, or or uh, let's say a fighter like, pfft, let's say Boogeyman. If I fought Boogeyman in Ogie Worlds, it'd be different than if I fought him at EBI because he's got really good heel hook stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I have to generally change my game only a tiny little bit. First of all, I really don't like to change nothing. I like to grapple, and I think I can improvise a lot. Um, and I can and I can maneuver around a lot of the stuff like helix and stuff, but it's it's just another thing. I really like I like competing in different rule sets because I like to test myself, um, and I'm really not I'm not scared of different rule sets. I just like to understand them. And when when you know the rules are kind of hard to understand, I'm more just like I want to avoid the situation where like I don't know what to do because I don't understand the rules. Like like with like with the third coast like let's say I go out there for this kumite and uh, I inevitably go to overtime it seems unless I get a submission which I would love. Um, what if they're like, all right, you want to give or defer? I'm like, whoa, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what does defer <laughs> mean? You know what I mean? Like that's a vocab word that I do not understand, my friend. No, it's just like I don't understand why someone would defer. Obviously, I'm an idiot. I don't understand the rules, but like if you get the choice to pick the position. Why would you defer that to someone else? I'm not sure. I don't know. There's got to be, be something Roberto I don't back. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I defer. He's like, I'll take your back. I want yeah, the armbar position. Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Man, that's another thing. Yeah, it's like starting a fully locked in armbar. It's like, dude, excuse me? I'm not going to let you start there? Are you crazy? My goodness. So we've oh, talked a little bit Sorry, about... Uh, no, I was going to say, we talked a little bit about your matches with, with Roberto like throughout all our episodes and stuff like that. But um, have you fought any of the other guys in that bracket for third coast? Uh, okay. So I fought, you know, it's funny is like, if, if anybody knew this, they would not pick me as a favorite, but, um, so I fought, uh, Roberto twice. Uh, I fought Lucas Valente at purple belt. Actually, he was in the middleweight division back then. I feel like dude, all these lightweight competitors used to fight middle and then they found out how to diet. Now they're lightweight. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that's before Luke, they knew how to lose. Dude, weight. He really does so well. Like he's really so great. Lucas? Um, yeah, he's a great yeah, competitor, he's, he's man. Really, I really like really watching tough. him. Yeah. And I fought him at middleweight back when I was middleweight. And we had a – it came down to advantage. So I lost by one advantage in the final of the American Nationals. Um, I fought Heapmar fight to win, and that was a really, really close fight. That was like like razor thing. Could have gone either, either way. 
And William Tackett, I ate more food than him at Hop Dotties one time. Uh, me and him. <laughs> so you're one and zero. So I'm one and zero, dude. I already have an advantage. Uh, funny story. William and I were talking. It was his birthday recently, and he recently got promoted to brown belt as well. But um, he, uh, me and him were joking back and forth online. I said, if I have to fight William Tackett, I'm gonna play dirty. Like I'm gonna do some. <laughs> I'm gonna have to play dirty. I don't want to get beat by him. And then he, uh, we started talking about Hop Dotties because that's a spot in in Austin, actually, or is it Houston? I think it's Austin, um, where there's just fantastic burgers, dude. Like it's it's unreasonably good. This this burger place, and we each got two burgers and a lot of fries and two milkshakes, and we just tried to see who could eat more. <laughs> and we referenced that and said, whoever who if me and William make it to the final. Whoever loses has to sit next to his little brother Andrew Tackett, who's another really talented jiu-jitsu blue belt. But uh, but Andrew just he talks a lot, and William is a pretty reserved guy. He just he's like <laughs> he's funny. Like him, Cody, and Andrew all talk. But Andrew, man, Andrew just reminds me too much of my younger self, so I I bully him, and uh, <laughs> I played a trick on him to where I was like, hey man, you know if you <laughs> if you pour salt or if you if you motion like you're pouring salt over your tongue, you can actually taste the salt. And some of you are listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to try it. And some of you even tried it just now. And I'm letting you know that you just incriminated yourself. You played yourself because it's meant to look uh, foul. It's not meant to – it's meant to look like you're doing something foul. Um, and that's – Andrew uh, fell, fell for the trap. Oh, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> Amazing he fell for it. It was it was beautiful and uh, and he got so upset. <laughs> He was so upset. And Cody and William and I are crying laughing because we, we just don't know how he didn't get it. Like, there's no <laughs> way he didn't get it. Like, are you going to need to put it deeper down your throat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. So, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I just, I, I love the, that crew out of, uh, out of Texas, William and Cody and Andrew. And I wouldn't be mad if I, if I had to fight any of these guys. I really like all of them, to be honest. I never met Gustavo. I know that he's got the biggest neck in all of jiu-jitsu. <laughs> so if I have to fight yes. him next, so to speak, I'll be fine with it. <laughs> Lucas is really nice. Jamie Conduto's fierce. Roberto, obviously, I'm going to have to see him for the rest of my life. Uh, Pedro Mario seems like a really nice guy. I like him. I like him all. Hebemar, obviously, one of my favorite competitors to watch, compete against, learn from. He's a good. He's a great human being. I hope that he. Um, I know he's working with Natalia, who I'm working with as well. Uh, she, man, she recommends some crazy foods. She like has me eating like maca powder, and she had me buy beetroot powder because, dude, she had me eating beets. I was not having it. Beets yeah, are like oh, the number one that. most disgusting thing I've oh. ever eaten in my life. It's actually like thinking about it right now is making me upset. Can we change the subject? <laughs> Absolutely. I actually have another question for you. Okay, um, sick. So taking yourself out of that bracket, are there any matchups that you think would be really cool to watch out of the other seven guys? Uh, Heba versus Gustavo. I think yeah, that, cool. would, that would I know they're sick. friends, but that would be sick. I want to see Roberto versus Pedro, obviously, just because that's always a sick fight. Um, I think William versus Lucas would be sick because they're close to the same size. Although William actually recently was weighing like 192 pounds. Oh, that kid man. just was quarantined, just got, got to him, dude. He was eating a lot. So um, this is a gi tournament, right? This is a gi tournament. Yeah. Okay. So William is going to be in the gi. So is Pedro. Uh, Jamie versus Lucas. Really, really cool matchup as well. I think uh, Roberto obviously versus anybody is interesting. I think it would be most 
I think his one of his worst matchups probably be against Lucas, just because Lucas. I was just going to say that, yeah. Very hard to take his back and do anything to. His guard is impassable. It seems like I remember yeah. I spent like the better part of seven minutes trying to just figure out what I was going to do. <laughs> like I don't even yeah, know his, what I'm. His got, hip like, flexibility legs. on, yeah, exactly. His hip yeah. flexibility on bottom, like the way he's able to open up his knees and like, it's ridiculous. His guard retention is insane. And I think he has a BJJ Fanatics instructional about guard retention too, so it makes sense. I might, sense. Watch, that. I might yeah. watch that. Just how do I? What would I do against this? Yeah, I think that uh, Gustavo matches up really interestingly with Roberto because just like with um, Roberto and, and and Hulk, you know, I think I don't think I just think that Roberto is a little too reckless against people for, like for Gustavo's Gustavo. style. Gustavo's yeah. just airtight, man. Like yeah. like Lucas. Is just Roberto. If Roberto had a tiny, like, just bat, put the brakes on just a little bit, and was way stronger and more athletic. Gustavo is like, okay, stop, get out of the car, pull over. Like, I'm good. This is my road now, kind of thing. Like, that's how he makes people fight. And I think that anybody who can make Roberto slow down, which is why I think Gabrielle saw some success against Roberto. By the way, um, Gabrielle's super like patient slow you're gonna play my speed kind of thing um and gustavo i feel like is a lot of the same hebamar i think does a really good job of i think hebamar roberto would be really uh sick to watch as well because he i would like to see how roberto deals with the lapel stuff and also hebamar's passing is no joke Hebamar's oh yeah on top he's passing. really good at shutting down all the baron bolos and stuff like that yeah I know exactly. that's a lot of what R- roberto does mm-hmm. he opens up the knees Hebmar opens up the knees and he spreads the legs to make it tiring to be on bottom. And that's why I preferred to play collar and sleep against him because I knew I actually took a, like four classes under him and I was like he like taught how he passes and I was like okay well I kind of know how he passes now you know what I mean? Oh, you and took I, classes under Hebmar. So Andre and I went to a uh, it was before the Pan Ams where Leandro got double gold that Hebmar was in town was and that we hung out with Hebmar. Seventeen. I think it was 2017. Yeah, it was, it was before I got third at Worlds. Okay. Um, so it was, it was – oh, it might have been Worlds actually. But uh, I, I know Leandro came back and he, he had just got off of Pans. We were hanging out with Heap Mar, and it was the first time I ever met him. And uh, we went and like we, we ate a bunch of food and like we ate sushi and, and uh, this burger place by Grace Humaita, which is my favorite burger <laughs> place. It's called Annie's Burgers. And – I remember Hebamar taught this uh, leg drag class, and I grappled Hebamar, and it was so hard. Like, oh, it was so difficult. He passed my guard like seven times. I think I got him in a footlock, and he just looked at me. And I was like, man, that <laughs> I like, never really. So- yeah, he was just like, come on, brother. Like, I get it. You got a good footlock, but on me, I was like, man, come on. I'm just trying my best. I'm purple belt, and I'm seven. I think I was. No, I wasn't 17. I think I was 18 at the time. That had to be cool though to fight him in fight to win years later and see all the progress you made. It was like cool. to to get past like a bunch of times and just like like everyone knows what it feels like to get your ass kicked. You feel like someone has your number and it's just it's demoralizing. But then to come back a few years later on like a big stage and have a really good close match with him probably felt awesome, right? It was weird. I actually uh so Hebamar and I talked a lot a lot more than I thought we would before the fight. So Hebamar and I uh, were on the same flight to the event, actually, which is so fun. <laughs> he was in Arizona. <laughs> he was in Arizona for some reason. I'm like, oh, what are you really? doing here? Was it a layover yeah, or something? Yeah, he was like, well, I had a – I think because he it was a connecting flight. 
so he yeah. was in Dallas and he had a connecting flight through Arizona and I, and we almost sat next to each other. He sat two rows behind me. And I sat down and talked to him. I was like, hey, man, so how have you been? How's Nacielli? How's everything going? Because uh, he's also very devout in his faith, just like I am. And me and him talk uh, online about, you know, different ways we can disciple people and stuff like that, which is really, really cool. And me and him just talked for a minute. And then that day, he was having complications getting in, into his hotel uh, room. So I was going to help him. I was like, dude, if you need a place to stay, do you need a place to stay? Like, you can stay in my hotel room. I know that you might not be comfortable with that. Don't worry. I like I know we're fighting each other tomorrow. Just know that if you really need somewhere to sleep, you have this option. And he's like, man, that means so much. Thank you. But he ended up getting it taken care of, which I was obviously like I would prefer to stay alone because that's what I like to do. Before I pee. <laughs> yeah. But if he needed a place to stay, I'm not going to be that guy that has to sit there with my own guilt thinking this guy's sleeping <laughs> on a car. Um, <laughs> and then and then that day we prayed before the match. And afterwards, uh, he told me, he said, he was like, man, I remember you, you got you got so much better. He's like, you, you're improving. You improved so much from last time we grappled that I was like, well, I, dang, I hope so, man. Like, <laughs> it was purple belt. I hope I, I hope I did better than purple belt, bro. And he uh, he joked that I was going to hit the leg drag that I that he taught, that I was going to hit oh the leg God. drag that he taught me That'd on be so him. funny. He was like, man, I was waiting for you to try it. I was like, I didn't even want to go on top brother i didn't want to get caught up in none of your lapel guard stuff i didn't want no part of it so he was black belt when you first trained with him already right? yeah new black belt though newish black belt i think he yeah i think maybe uh, 2016 around that time is maybe when he got his black belt because mm-hmm, he was he was uh it was a pretty fresh looking black belt that he had on and i remember he uh he was representing kings i believe and him and leandro taught a seminar and he man he 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 is such a great teacher and i got to see kind of like his evolution a little bit just over a couple days to see how comfortable he was around a huge group of people um leandro actually didn't speak any english he it was it was the weirdest seminar because leandro kind of he's like so knowledgeable right but hebamar translated the seminar and then when hebamar was leandro's partner andre my coach translated the seminar so it's kind of like I was taking an Andre seminar because a lot of the techniques Leandro does, like Andre does. So I was like, I'm attending an Andre Maracaba seminar featuring <laughs> Leandro. <laughs> so, but it was really, um, it was really cool. I, I, I think that out of all the competitors on this show, the Third Coast show, I have the most interaction with Hebamar. Like I've talked with Roberto before. I talked with him at the uh, the show that I fought Hudson. He was the main event versus Lucas, and I I talked to him a little bit then, but. Not a lot. Me and him aren't like super talky talk, you know what I mean, right now, just because I, I feel like I haven't really had a, a great opportunity to, to get to know Roberto, but he's a cool guy. I know that we were going to fight Who's Number One, the Flow Grappling Show. We talked a little bit about that. I was like, hey, man, I'm so happy for you. Like, you're doing such a great show. I can't wait for us to have our match. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and I hope that you do well tomorrow. And he was like, oh, man, thank you. And then that was it. That was like the whole conversation. <laughs> Have you, uh, by chance, heard anything about that event? No. Who's number one? No? Not, not even a little bit. I don't even know, dude. I don't know if Herbert Santos... I, I only know anything going on with that guy whenever Flo talks about him. That's the thing. Because like, <laughs> he was supposed to headline it, right? Versus yeah, Mikey. it was him versus Mikey was the headline. And then I wasn't I wasn't the co. I think Nacielli was the co versus Anna Carolina Vieira. I think that was going to yeah. be the co-main event. And then Hebamara was going to fight someone else. I don't remember who, though. But I remember that I was going to fight Roberto in, like, the third fight of the night. 
I was really excited for it, dude. That was going to be so sick because that was such a huge production. And uh, they're probably going to put that off until they're going to have a crowd, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I would think they could probably – if they wanted to, they could probably do it now because I think Fight to Win did the production for it, right? Yeah, but I think that they might want to do it with a crowd since it's yeah. San Diego. Yeah, yeah that's I mean? true. Yeah. And they so that might be – that might be a while, but I, I actually think San Diego is ahead of the rest of California in terms of opening up. That's what I just heard, but uh, oh, nice. but still, it still still could be months before that happens. I really hope so. I wouldn't mind a little more time. I think uh, I have this great plan uh, structured before me right now, where you know, like I said before, working with Natalie or Natalie Natalia Chandri, who is man, she is a genius when it comes to nutrition. She is a, the wife of Samir Santri, but in her own right, she's an amazing sports nutritionist. Works with some of the greatest athletes in all of jiu-jitsu. Works with Heve Mar, uh, works with Mateus Gabriel, uh, and man, she, and she works with uh, João Gabriel Souza as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in the first, like, I found out about this 180 pound tournament. In the first like couple weeks, I dropped like seven pounds on her diet while still like my cardio felt better everything like I, I felt cleaner and yeah i don't like some of the things that we're eating uh, i'm not going to bring up the sacred or the uh, the the sacrilegious vegetable that i was eating earlier but uh i don't even want to talk about it to be honest but uh <laughs> just kidding she she works with me and you know i i have a really high metabolism and i talked to her and i was i was saying hey you know i have this idea what if we after this uh you know, next few tournaments, what if we bumped up to 195 and, and put me on a diet that I could get up to 195 pounds? And she was, she initially told me, Hey mate, what if you stayed at middleweight though? And I thought about it and I was like, mm, I really don't like middleweight. <laughs> I really <laughs> like food. And that's the thing about like, I feel like another thing I prefer to eat. What did you prefer? Do you prefer to like eat before a competition? I actually don't. I don't eat much before I train. Like really? I, I don't like to – I'm not one of those people who's just, just like dieting all the time and like losing weight. But like before I train or before I compete, I can't have a lot of food in my stomach. See, I like to eat – like in the – I like to eat uh, – if I eat an hour before, I can eat as much food as I want and then I can go compete. And that's how I feel. Really? That's interesting. I really love to eat as much food as I can before I compete unless it's an hour before. Then I snack, light snacking. But I, yeah. I don't mind. I'll eat in between matches, actually. I'll eat in between really? training. I actually uh, – it's so weird that me and that, that's so different. But I actually eat in between rounds sometimes because I'm I'm hungry. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'll have, like, yeah. bites of food in between rounds, and I'll train really, really hard. My stomach is very tough. So, like, one time there was this uh, – it was on my birthday, and I was really upset. I used to be uh, a part of this, like, sprinting group uh, called The Training Room with Brian Davis, who used to play for the Washington Redskins, and he read, led this sprinting program. And now he's in like Abu Dhabi or something. But I remember it was my birthday. And every time it was my birthday back when I was that age, I'd have cinnamon rolls, breakfast in bed, cinnamon rolls. And I didn't want to give that up because I was like, dude, I waited all year for this. Like this breakfast in bed, baby. So I, uh, I had cinnamon rolls and I went and I sprinted and I didn't, and I didn't get sick. I was like, and that's when I knew, man, I actually think I should probably be eating like all the time. So yeah, no, I eat, I eat at any opportunity I can before I competed in the, what was it? Before I competed in Fresno, I had breakfast, lunch, and then a snack. And then I had uh, – before I competed in uh, Denver, before Hudson Mateos, I was telling you this before the show, I'll tell the story to the people. I had a, I had a bang energy in the afternoon. I had um, some trail mix. I had a couple uh, of the granola bars. 
and I had a monster energy. And then I went out there and I fought Hudson. I have no he problem with caf- caffeine before, but that is like caffeine overload. Like, yeah, that the was bang is much. like 300 milligrams. The monster is probably 250. Like, oh man, I feel so much better like now. 20 I'm cups of coffee. That, <laughs> yeah, Natalia, like if I had to tell Natalia all the stuff I was eating before I consulted her, she would be like, "Oh, She's like you're going man. down to lightweight." <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually like, I might have a. I actually, I want to get tested for my blood sugar just to see if I'm okay. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I, I really am. I, I feel so great, you know, eating, but I really also feel like every now and again, I need to have like, like that. Maybe my body's wired this way that I, I need to have like some unhealthy food. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm I really- feel like if I don't eat sugar for a while, I'm just like craving it so much. Oh, it's horrible, dude, man. I crave pizza at least least every day at least once a day i think very hard about eating pizza like like i really <laughs> contemplate if it's worth it and that's the problem with dieting like i do i eat so much spinach and broccoli now that i i i don't even want to think about the color green like i have green on my arm and i detest it tattoo. <laughs> I look at it i'm like oh it should have been yellow or something so if she agrees to have you go back up to 195 or to at least try and get you there i don't know if you've been 195 before That'll probably take a lot of the greens out of your diet. You know, no. Uh, I told her I insist. So I actually – I was like, listen, I really, really, really want to gain up to 195. I feel like it would be beneficial to my career. Because listen, like let's say I'm 182. I still fight medium heavy. Like I just eat that morning. That's just how it works for me. So like <laughs> let's say, for instance, I fought Worlds 2017. I got third at Worlds. I feel like I felt worse that day. Uh, but people look at that result and they're like, man, you got third though in the middleweight division, but I felt so much worse. Like I felt like I was not almost like I kind of like, I had a good bracket kind of thing. You know what I mean? But, uh, competing medium heavy feels great. And I'd rather cut a little bit to make medium heavy and still be able to put on weight. Um, cause also for Nogi, it'd be 202. Yeah. And I feel like you're still so young. You're still probably going to put on a lot more muscle. I don't feel like you're fully grown yet. Oh, I don't feel like that either. I feel like I'll probably be like a super heavyweight one day. And I would prefer to be. I'd prefer to be like a heavy in the heavier division. I feel like my game is really good for the heavier weight classes. Um, just being tall and lengthy and using like collar and sleeve and stuff like that. I just don't want to cut. I hate cutting weight, man. When I was little, uh, fun fact, we my, my parents, uh, they wanted to provide me with every opportunity to like be successful, right? And they were And they just did like some research on weight cutting and like, you know, uh, how to cut weight and then we we also had uh some other help helpful quote parents who would try to help <laughs> us with like <laughs> try to help us cut weight. i can imagine like, like, wrestling and stuff like that put and, a trash bag know, on and run and make sure dude, it's summer one time okay this is this is a, a story one time i went to a pancreation event pancreation is like intermediate mma for the youth where it's uh, from the collarbone down it's completely sanctioned it's completely safe um, I did fight on an Indian reservation a, a few times, but uh, this was 100% a part of a league. And then um, I cut 13 pounds in like two days. Oh my okay. god! At what I age? Like 14. Oh my god! That's <laughs> <ridiculous>. <laughs> so it was it was awesome. So I uh, I took an Epsom salt bath. I found out what that was for the first time. Uh, those are awful. If you've never taken an Epsom salt bath. Go in your bathtub, heat it up to uncomfortably hot. Not too hot to where it burns you, but just uncomfortable to where if you were in there for too long, you'd be like, okay, this is a little too hot. Uh, fill it full of Epsom salt, and then, which is basically just magnesium sulfate salt. Um, cover yourself from head to toe, 
everything, even your delicate parts, if you're so willing, in albaline, uh, which is makeup remover. It opens your pores and forces your body to sweat. Then get in the Epsom salt bath and then have your friend cover you in Epsom salt, like on top of it. And then just <laughs> sit for like 30 minutes. Just sit and sweat and hate life because every nutrient in your body is getting sucked out of you just by a natural process of the Epsom salt draining you of nutrients plus the albaline opening your pores. And then you're going to get out. You're going to wrap yourself in a blanket, put a cold towel on your head, and you're going to lay there in a nice death burrito. And you're going <laughs> to sit there for like 20 minutes, and you're going to sweat like you wouldn't believe. You're going to get up. You're going to reapply albaline if you need to. You're going to get back in that bathtub that is probably still pretty hot. You're going to sit in there for a little longer until you get to about a, a safe amount of dropped weight, or so you think. And, uh, and then you're going to wait. And then you, if you're under, you can eat tiny bit just to kind of keep your body from dying. And yeah, I did that when I was 14. I dropped uh, enough weight to make weight for the bracket, and then I had to get bumped up a weight division because. Oh my god, that is awful. (laughs) (laughs) That's and that's the kicker. That was the last time I ever cut weight. Andre, uh, my coach, was like, "Hey guys, why don't we just have Jake compete in his regular weight class and the open and see if he does." I, and then Henry said this, I guarantee you he'll win his weight in the open at this tournament. If he does, he doesn't have to cut weight anymore. And then everybody was like, okay. And then I won my way at the open, like all submissions, I think. <laughs> and, then, uh, and there was just no an Arizona Abilene. State tournament. Was that? I said no more Abilene. Oh, dude. I don't even, I don't even think I've put on Abilene since. I don't even think I've seen Abilene in a store. It might've got discontinued. I would never know. <laughs> all I know is like, it taught me how stressful that is for fighters you know what i mean yeah like because i was 14 doing that they're like cutting 30 pounds with that kind of stuff that's insane yeah i mean i get if you have a fight to win and you want to do 180 or something you can weigh in the night before and then you can kind of rehydrate and replenish and you'll probably feel pretty decent the next day Mm -hmm. but like for an ibjjf tournament or like anything we have to weigh in and compete within a few hours like to lose all that sweat it's like i mean you're just not going to perform to your best yeah well, what didn't make sense is like it was it was day before weigh-in. That's the only reason why we did it. We would never do that for our for our jiu-jitsu tournament. And then like after that, I stopped cutting weight for so long, and I only cut weight if it's like three pounds. Like if it's three pounds, I'll watch my weight, you know. Yeah. But if it's ten pounds, it's not even worth it for me because I feel like when I when I try I try to just emulate a tournament as if it's training in the gym. And I know that's like oh yeah, duh, easier said than done kind of thing. But I'd rather feel great and compete in a hard match than feel like garbage and compete in a, quote, advantageous match. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'd rather not be 181, six foot three. Uh, by the way, I'm not 6'4", I'm 6'3". I found that out the other day. Really <laughs> upset about it, to be honest. That sucks. Um, yeah, man. I, it's really <laughs> The good hard thing is you're that. the one who usually gets to list your height. Like, when someone asks you, you can say whatever you want. I know, dude. And if they're too <laughs> short, they can never tell. Yeah. But uh, no, he's six three. We're bumping him down. Ah, <laughs> oh, dang it. Uh, but yeah, being six three, one hundred eighty one would probably be. Uh, I would just be so skinny, and I would be weak. And I, if let's say I fight Izaki, Izaki's strong. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember I actually weighed one eighty. Last time I cut down to one eighty was the World Series of Grappling, where I fought him, and that was awful. I felt so horrible that day. I had to cut a bunch of weight. I had to run outside. I'd rather never ever do that again. I'd rather just gain weight and eat. But, you know, uh, I've been gaining a little bit of weight lately, so 185 is looking like the move. So let's go. Yeah, I feel like if you stick around 185, 190, like 
you're not going to be that much smaller than guys, especially in an IBJJF type tournament where they have to weigh in right before they compete anyway. And then you yeah. get to eat, you get to hydrate, you get to do all the things that make you feel like it's just a normal day. Mm-hmm. Well, and the geese are not that heavy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like four pounds like maybe. Pounds. Yours? Four pounds. Yeah. So if I if I walk around at 198 or 200, I could diet down to 195 with my gi on. You know yeah. what I mean? That's what mm-hmm. I feel like I could do. And I would prefer to do that. Look at athletes like that I'm already able to compete with who I've already done well with are walking around like 198, like probably Hudson and, and Gabrielle Almeida and like these guys who are heavy dudes who are full of muscle. Like it's a big muscle advantage too to be walking around 183 and fight guys who are walking around 197 and they're like in really good shape and I'm in really good shape. It's a big muscular yeah. advantage I feel like that I could be making up. <laughs> And sure. Natalia was on board, so we're gonna do it after uh, after these next few events. Um, I don't know exactly uh, the status on fight to win or if it's uh, or submission underground, but if I can compete in those ones, I'll do those too. So for Jits King, is that gonna be 180 as well? Mm, no, Jits King is gonna be 185. Okay. So Jits King is 185. Um, so I get to eat. <laughs> but um and they're all with day before. So like what I'm gonna try to do, I mean like and Natalia is she's so locked in to where like she'll tell me what I need to eat that night after I weigh in and what I need to eat before the competition and you know. So I'll probably have to like go to a store or she'll be like, Hey, uh you weighed in, eat what you like or uh, she won't say that. But um <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's wishful thinking. But after the fight <laughs> I'm not even going to call her. <laughs> I'm going to ask for forgiveness, not permission. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm going to be like, hey, I'm sorry. Hours. <laughs> I ate a whole rack of ribs, a pound of mashed potatoes, no vegetables. They asked if I wanted a side of vegetables. I said no. I asked for cake <laughs> instead. I'm so sorry. That's going to be my plan. It's funny. So so what about after those four tournaments? Obviously, you're doing – like that's a lot. Like you're probably going to want to – not do you know four a, another four weeks of tournaments but um do you feel like after that you're still going to be looking at super fights i know the abu dhabi pro what's it what's it like ajp tour is that what they they go by normally they posted their la grand slam event recently it's supposed to be september 12th and 13th in that Los i will most definitely complete in that I will so most I, that's definitely. like the only tournament that i know that's like on the schedule on the books but do you feel like you're going to try to look for tournaments to come back, or are you still going to look for super fights? Everything and anything, to be honest. I feel like like what I want to do is I want to, A, establish myself, and B, I just want to improve. So right now, um, you know, there's not like, hey, I want to become – like if you say, hey, I want to become more champion this year, you might it might not happen. You know what I mean? Like I, I might not be able to even compete Nogi Worlds this year depending on how California is or how anything is with – uh the world recovering from covid but i mean look at right now like we were having interviews with with athletes and people talking about hey man the outbreak just happened quarantine just happened how are you doing like now we're talking about hey stuff's opening back up this is already a huge improvement if i never am able to fight um in tournaments for a while these super fights are gonna be cool too i think what i relish the most is just something to work towards i love improving i love fighting and i just i'm glad i get to do it so i'm really just considering myself very fortunate right now i'm not really looking too too much further past these next three 
Um, but if, if Seth were to say, Hey man, you want to fight in a week? I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Because... And I think if, if you get a, the fight to win, if that comes to fruition, um, I mean, you've been working your way up the rankings, so you're probably on that path towards a title shot, if not getting that really soon. So, I mean, that's just going to open up a lot more doors for all their future shows, you know? Yeah, I think so too. And you know, what's funny is I think I got, uh, I think I'm pretty close to contention in both weight classes, uh, 185 <laughs> and 200, because I just kept taking fights. And he's like, hey, man, uh, we don't have anybody 185. I'm like, give me the next weight division up. He's like, uh, hey, we don't have anybody 200. Okay, anybody 185, you know what I mean? I would always just ask. And then eventually I just finally, I think I just started doing better in both. So I fought uh, Arnaldo, that was 200. Ronaldo, that was 185. And then Hudson wanted the fight to be 195, even though it was originally listed for 185. And then he was like, hey, can you... Uh, go 190. I was like, you go whatever weight, whatever weight you want, brother. And he's like, all right, cool, let's go 195. And then eventually, it was just 200. <laughs> I was like, no oh, way, whatever. really? Yeah, just I just waited at 200. Twice. So I just weighed in. You know, I haven't actually had to take my shirt off for a weigh-in in so long. It was, it's actually <laughs> been. I've actually weighed in like full clothing every time. This third coast is gonna be the first time I ever have to like strip down like my underwear for a weigh-in for like since I was literally 18 years old, I think. So. <laughs> So that's but why there's you've been gonna be no all those promo shots. Oh, really? Damn it! No, Forget no. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just excited, dude. It's just gonna be, it's gonna be a fun time. I know that uh, they're probably, they're thinking about doing the. We're not, not thinking about it. They're gonna do it. Uh, more third coast Kumite events. Maybe I want to get on the Nogi one for one of them. I think that'd be kind of fun. I'd like to compete more Nogi, I think. I don't know. I think it looks like they're doing like plus 180 and minus 180 divisions right now. Yeah, I'm definitely not doing the minus 180 ever again. I will not do that. I will. Uh, I'm. I'm. My goal is to make this like my last under my last time having to see 180 on a scale. I want like I'm okay seeing 185. That's cool. But not 180. I don't want to see 180 anymore. I want to compete uh, heavier. I know I can work towards it. Thank you. Uh, you know, thanks to Electrum. I think that that's going to be really great to be able to work with them and, and work on my strength. I really do feel like there is just so much room to improve. I really like – and you know what's cool about Alex? He'll answer questions. You can just send him a message. He'll just answer them, and, and it's almost like you have you know a coach away from home. Uh, to just help you with your strength gains. So that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be trying to just really lift heavy and eat super heavy. Uh, I feel like I should probably tell her, Natalia, that I, I have once ate 6,000 calories a day for like <laughs> two and a half weeks straight every day, and I didn't gain any weight. So I hope that – No way. Oh, my yeah, God, it was, dude. It was pretty horrible. That but I'm going to try. Awful. I'm going to try my best. I think that she has a good idea, though. She seems like she knows what she's doing like really, really, really well. Better than I know anything that I do, <laughs> except for no, probably everything. Probably, <laughs> probably not smart compared to her when it comes to the whole food science. So you mentioned Electrum too. Do you want to talk a little bit about the workouts you've been doing with them? Yeah. Uh, so right now I'm on uh, Team EP Week Seven. So one thing I notice is everything, and like I try to be very, very perceptive. They have an app and they have a dashboard and. Um, What's really cool is you can click on a plan and you go to that plan and there's weeks and days and, you know, the plan will tell you how many days a week it recommends you work out. 
and what things you need to work out with it. And I look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's actually pretty crazy because you can log them as you do them. And every exercise that you do in this is 100% can be uh, related to jujitsu. Like, yeah. uh, for instance, last week I did weighted pull-up negatives. And uh, let's say like a weighted pull-up negative and I did a, a, like a B-stand squat. I've never done a B-stand squat before. But it really puts a lot of pressure over your front knee. And everything just felt like, wow, I feel like my grips are tired. Wow, I feel like my biceps really hurt. And uh, I remember I, I did uh, like a really heavy pull-up negative, and Alex was like, hey, uh, you might have wanted to go a little uh, less crazy. And I was like, why? He's like, because you're going to be so sore tomorrow. And right he was. I was so <laughs> unbelievably sore the next day. It was actually, uh, it was actually insane. So which uh, which program are you on? You said the the Team EP workouts, the ones that they update <clears throat> monthly. You're just doing yes. the latest one. Yes, I am on a Team EP seven. They update it monthly, nice. and uh, I'm on week three. So it's gonna I'm be starting uh, week three of the body weight one. I just really? don't have all the equipment I needed for the the regular Team EP ones. I have some stuff. I have a pull up bar, and um, it just depends where I'm at. If I'm at my apartment, I have less. If I'm at my girlfriend's place, I have more, but yeah. So I just I chose the bodyweight one just because I knew I could do it no matter where I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, are you doing the bodyweight four-day or bodyweight conditioning? Uh, I'm doing the four-day one. Bodyweight so four I'm, day. On, I'm on week three, too. I'm going to do the week, day one of week three tonight. Dude, skater squats are hard. Yeah, they, they're super hard. <laughs> body, body, skater squats are freaking hard, bro. I was yeah. trying to do some skater squats, and uh, he said dumb, the dumbbells made it easier. And I was like, no! I didn't, I didn't want to do- I didn't want it to be easier. I wanted it to be harder. And then uh, they were already making my legs shake, so I was embarrassed. I was like, "Dang it!" Like everybody's stronger than me. But I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna catch up, and I'm really excited. I think it's cool. He structures them in a way that you can see your progress. Like every week, you should go a little heavier. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you so, I, I really like that too. I like how you can pick a specific exercise. They have a tab on their website, so you can pick the exercise. There's a video for exactly how to do it, and that shows you what your best was with that exercise. So if you're programmed like three sets of 10 reps or whatever, and one week you hit 12, it'll show you that when you look up the exercise. So anytime you're not sure, like it logs everything into their system and their app. That is very uh, coherent. I'm really, really excited to be working with it because I know that one day, hopefully, I will have somebody to spot me during these workouts because right now you know like doing squats yeah, and if you're doing hard. squats alone it's kind of scary because what if you do like a little too heavy and then you gotta drop it and then you're like oh, man how am i gonna get this back up it's kind of thing <laughs> but if you have a spotter then it's like hey push it push it push it get it up and then like okay i, I was able to get the weight back up safely and my squat rack is kind of ghetto <laughs> so i just gotta like i don't know call my dad for now but hopefully um when i am uh, moved out of my house i can take all my equipment with me and have my roommate help me whenever I work out. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to keep working with Electrum. It's been cool so far. It's been learning a lot. And I definitely want to get Alex back on the podcast too. Oh, for sure. We should have him, we should definitely have him talk about it. Um, I, you know, I really like – what I also really like is that uh, it's easy to see his athletes. You know what I mean? Like we, we compete against them. We monitor them. We interview them. We compete against them. We watch them. And you can see how strong they are. But then when you do the workouts and you feel how hard they are, you're like, oh, well, this is why. <laughs> this <laughs> that makes is sense. exactly why they're that strong. All right. That's cool. So now it makes me it makes me think like, man, 
and I want to be stronger. Like, I want to be even more. And, you know, like, what's really cool about Alex as well is, like, of course he's going to be emotionally invested to root for his athletes. But he will never short you on information or help that you want, even if you are. Like, I'm competing against Gustavo Batista, election performance athlete. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if I were to compete against Johnny Thomas, just kidding. These are all his friends, people that he works with. But just because I'm competing against them, he's not going to be like, oh, I don't work with Jake directly. I'm not going to give him the same information. It's like, hey, everybody who comes to me is coming to me for a reason. I'm going to do my best work because it's important that I do my best work. Yep. There's actually, I think there's a private Facebook group too where he'll take questions from anyone. So recently he posted, he created a thread. He was just like, hey, does anyone need need help with anything? Like, put your questions in the comments. I asked a question. Like a bunch of other people asked questions, and he answered like right away. So it was really cool. Like like you said, it's like it feels like you have your own personal coach with you. Yeah, it's really really helpful stuff. And I'm very, like I said, I'm super excited. I'm super into weightlifting too. Like it's always been one of my most favorite things to do. Um, oh, look at that. Arnaldo Maidana's birthday is today. I'm friends with him on Facebook. Don't be jealous. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Is this important? No, but. <laughs> oh, I. Wait, 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 wait. I can see it. Oh, my gosh, dude. Facebook sucks. I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> 29 be... years old. Oh, shit. I was about to make fun of his age. I'm like, nope, I'm older. No. <laughs> Man, Danny, we got to get somebody on the show that's old than you, Danny. Because even yeah. Alex Turner, I think, is like 27. <laughs> Have we had a guest on that's older than me? That's the question. Uh, Ricardo Amendolia. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, nope, I'm older. older. I'm older than Ricardo. No, you're not. No, I'm just kidding. I was about to say, I was about, I almost had a, like a moment. I was like, dude, Danny, you're so old, I'm man. I'm 47. I have, Danny is 105 years old. That's why I know so much about jiu-jitsu, because he's been studying in, since its inception. My that's goodness. Funny. So is there anything else uh, you want to talk about for this episode? Anything coming up? Or I think we covered uh, a lot of stuff, but. I'm not sure, man. You know, I just, uh, I'm really excited for these upcoming challenges. I think at the end of the day, um, it's very important for me that I, that I do my part, uh, out there competing and my part isn't like winning necessarily. My part is representing what I stand for as a competitor. You know what I mean? I, 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 I've, one of the reasons I think very highly of fight to win is because they don't sell out for nobody. You know what I mean? Like they're never going to sell what makes them great for cash or for anything like that they'll they'll obviously take opportunities to become more successful but they'll never sell out who they are right um i think us as a media source we're very unique and people are you know some people see that and some people appreciate that and more people will come to appreciate that over time but uh i think it's very important that people see me and if they think of me and they think of the open guard cast they think about Man, this guy's just trying to better the community. The Open Guard Cast is trying to better the community. The Open Guard Cast is trying to provide something that people can hold on to, and it's not bad. It's just good. It's healthy. So that's my goal as a competitor, man. Win, lose, or draw. Like I said, I'm very, very motivated by my faith, and um, I just want to go out there and, and do as good as I know I can. And I think as and I live with the opinion that as good as I can is good enough. You know what I mean? Like, as good yeah, as I can definitely. is is good enough to win. So I want to go out there and just have some fun again, man. At the end of the day, I have so much fun competing and performing. 
it's like when there's a draw, I just love doing it. Like th- there's no bigger rush for me than just being out there and doing jujitsu. It's like yeah, a drug. You, yeah, absolutely. And you talked about fight to win, not selling out and just kind of brought back a memory of mine. But I was, I was listening to Seth talk before the first event on Friday and he was just talking about how he doesn't even give a shit if the, if his competitors win or lose, like he cares how they compete. He compares that or cares that they're just like honest people and they have integrity. And if they are, then they get back on the show and, Obviously, if someone lost 10 in a row, they might not be asked to get back on the show. But yeah, yeah. Like, sure. he, he likes people who are exciting. He likes people who come to try to submit their opponent. So Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I've been invited back on. And, like, I have also tried to leave a lasting impression on those guys, too. Like, I try to help them after the show. And uh, that's why uh, the infamous game Dick Ball came into existence. <laughs> uh, and Evan and, and Sean Joseph and Ed, if you guys are listening... I am coming. I have trained for this after uh, whatever fight to when I get invited on. I don't know which one yet. Uh, after that show, I'm going to help you guys take down the show, and you guys are going down. Sean Joseph and I are coming for that title. We are coming for the Dick Ball Championship. All right, so break it down. How do you train for Dick Ball? <laughs> you just really practice your aim. You can't really, really strengthen your dick as much. You know what I mean? Like It, it really just does, it does get hurt to you get just wear a cup. Yes, and just I'm not, not even secretly. I'm not even gonna explain the game to be honest because it would just take it would take too much of my brain power. <laughs> I had to focus, you know. All right, I'll yeah. explain it. So uh, there's two players, <laughs> right? There's two players per team. You stand equidistant from one another, and then you stand a considerable distance away from the other team. Each team gets a large uh, stage tape ball to throw at the other person's dick, and if you hit it, that person's out. If you move in response to almost getting hit, you get a yellow card. Two yellow cards, and you're out. Uh, last team standing wins, and it's pretty intense. So the cup is only going to save you pain. It's not going to win you the game. It's only going to save you pain. It's not going to win you the game, no. It would, in okay. fact, probably hurt you because it would stick further out, be a bigger target. So <laughs> I've thought about these things. Um, yeah. This is all very important metagame stuff that uh, if Danny ever accompanies me to a show, I will subject him to a dick ball view. <laughs> You know, it just sounds. The more I talk about this game, the more it sounds like really uh, provocative. Yeah, like, I don't. Yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah. we're not playing dig ball. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not playing this game anymore. This is awful. All right. Uh, yeah, but the, I, the bottom line is, well, I, I just got off on a great like. I was really talking great, like all my plans for the future, and then we got talking about dick ball. Maybe sound like a degenerate. <laughs> Whenever I hang out with the Spice Wing guys, dude, I just eat Taco Bell and drink Monster Energy. I don't. I don't turn into an athlete. I turn into I play dick ball. Yeah, right. I turn around. I'm not an athlete anymore at that point. I'm just a guy who plays dick ball and drinks <laughs> Monster Energy and eats Taco Bell. So I'm a regular guy. They break Bandon me down to my your, base components. Abandon all your good habits. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> everybody who ever raised me to be successful would be so disappointed in me around them. But I like, love. Oh, them. you're not allowed to sleep either. We're playing dick ball all night. Oh, mm, that would be horrible. We only played one game, and then all of a sudden it became a big joke. We just came up with it on the fly because oh, we were, really I thought this was like some fight to win tradition. You're oh like, no, 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 we, we came up with it. it. We came up with it after Hudson Mateo's fight. So I, I we were packing up the stage and I grabbed this ball of stage tape and I threw it at um Sean was like standing, just like looking at his phone. I was like, watch, I can hit Sean in the dick. And I throw it and I <laughs> beam it at Sean and it hits uh it hits his shoulder, like really bad throw. And he goes, What? was that why'd you do that and i was like i'm sorry i was trying to hit you in the in the dick and then uh 
he tried to hit Evan and then it's like, you know what? Dick ball right now. Like someone just said it. And then uh Joel Everyone just knew what to do. They well, all as soon as there's a degenerate game. Part. Yeah, exactly. As soon as there's a degenerate game being played, everybody stopped working and we just played that game for like until until the, it was out. And then uh Evan Evan and Ed celebrated a little too hard. I got upset. Went back to my hotel room and I got up. I just I Sean Joseph was staying in my room that night, so I just went back to my hotel and I was like, I'm so like, Sean, I'm going to need to practice this game on you. Oh, dear. stand there. <laughs> stand like, but this isn't the right distance. Stand there. No, He's uh, like, why do I have a blindfold on? <laughs> this is, this has gotten a little too fan for me. I don't like fan fiction. I'm not a fan. I'm going to have to. We're done. Danny, no you have any other questions, on. man? <laughs> this is making me no, uncomfortable. I need an no, adult. That was it. That was great. I'm not an adult. I'm not the adult you're looking for. So oh. you have to bring someone else on the podcast for that. Well, <laughs> if we let's, I'll see if we can bring somebody older than you on next time. Yeah, there's got to be someone in the Masters Six division who can come on. I think um maybe I don't know. <laughs> like, no, if we get Ryan Bader on. If we get like Ryan Bader on, then he's there like 36. Okay, he's got me by quite a few years. Yeah, you're like 34. Uh, but no, Danny, um, we obviously want to shout out, uh, agro brand, high tier photography, break new ground, uh, always election performance, beginning and ending every show with, uh, the episode being brought to you by election performance because it is, uh, super shout outs to third coast grappling, jits, King submission underground fight to win all the great super fight shows putting out stuff right now. It's so awesome to see the jiu-jitsu community coming back together. Thank you to, um, man, who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting somebody. This, uh, Chia Pet, Rick and Morty Chia Chia Pet that I have. Yeah. I haven't put any Chia seeds in it though. I probably should do that. Um, I just had it. (laughs) I just had it on my desk for like ever. Um, shout outs to, I already said Chilfit Cryo and High Tier Photography, Agro Brand. I'm not very good at this right now. I don't know why. It's the first first time I haven't been good at it. So, Danny, why don't you take it away? I'll pick up the slack. It's uh, The other shout-outs are Marcio Andre Jiu-Jitsu, Mark Haba BJJ, and yeah, that's it. Oh, of course. Well, I was (laughs) waiting. I was waiting for those for the end. You know what I mean? Because obviously we've got to shout-out our Jiu-Jitsu academies. And um, I was thinking about anything else I had. Dame of the West tattoo. That's pretty cool. He makes uh, all the tattoos on my arm. I like giving him a shout out because Josh is awesome and he's done work on me for the past like a year and a half. And quite frankly, I'm sick of getting tattooed. But if I had to get tattooed by one guy, it'd be him. So nice, man. Oh, Aaron Coleman. Uh, his tattoo shop was rated uh, number five in the United States. Immaculate tattoo. Oh, and wow. he got his blue belt the other day. Nice. Yeah, from gave, from Andre or from, from Andre. you and Andre. Nice. Yeah, I was like, oh, all right. Where's, where's his uh, tattoo shop? Oh, I don't even know the cross streets. All I know is if you walk in, it's like a fever dream. It's crazy. <laughs> you walk in and you're like, oh my god, there's tattoo memorabilia and like art all over the place. There's not a if the if the building was made of wood, you would not see any wood. You would not believe it was made of wood because it's just all <laughs> color on the inside. It's crazy. Awesome. Immaculate tattoo, you said. Immaculate tattoo. Really, really cool. Well, hey, awesome, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming with us on this ride, this episode 22 adventure. It's like a, like a two-hour episode, uh, almost, I guess. Hour and a half. Hour and a half, hour and a half episode. Man, I'm not very good with time. I just, uh, 
I'm just I'm just ready to go and eat some healthy food. Oh, shout out to Natalia Shantri. There we go. See yeah. that? I remembered that Came I had back around. Came back <laughs> around. Uh, thank you guys so much. Danny and I love what we do, and uh, you guys make it possible. So, Danny, why don't you take us out of here? Thanks, everyone, for listening. Definitely make sure you watch Jake on Third Coast Grappling, Jits King, probably submission underground and probably fight to win but we'll post oh. about all that stuff as it comes to <laughs> fruition <laughs> so yeah thanks everyone for listening that was episode 22 see you soon